Hey y'all, this is a preview to the latest premium subscriber only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes, which at this point is over 100 episodes at this point. So it's a great deal. So without further ado, here is the preview. And I hope we see you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks where you can hear the rest it's a skill you got to work on it and there's only so much time in the day and your craft will suffer and that's why i think a lot of these uh people that we talk about these these black melanated uh jessica krugs tend to be pretty mediocre and it's also a reason why i'm kind of surprised that jessica krug ended up being as actually good a scholarship as she was Mm -hmm. that's not typical to me as far as i see well you know the problem for her was that this grievance and um and and sadistic nature started to bleed into her personal life she was on dating sites performing this she was in testifying in front of governmental commissions i don't think it's coincidence that so many of these people these white women were also um like in her case also an activist in other cases, purely activists. I mean, Dola Zhao with the NAACP, um, that woman with the uh, with the incredible name. What is it's like? Sat Satchuelin Pagelin or Pagelin Satchel Pagelin or something? Where she just took Satchel Page's name and tricked it out. No, you don't know about her. How many of these people are there? Hold on, you don't know about the one in Indianapolis? Nah. Oh, um, Satchel. Page. It sounds like a bad character. Yeah, Satchel Pagelin Cole is her name, and she went so far as to have a photo with a black man where they're sitting on a stoop, and she talked about the time she came oh, out. Oh, I know. I know this. Okay. And it's not her father, but she has a picture with him. And and if you recall, um, you know, uh, Rachel Zolajan had a son, too, and, and she had a father, a fake father, who she posed with. I mean, they were, they're basically requesting or hiring black people to pose with them in photos. The grift gets deep with oh, them. Oh, yeah, like, They're yeah. really going for it. It's pretty crazy, but... Always, the tip-off is there's always grievance and always victimization that makes you unable to challenge this story. So even when she introduces her Black father, it has to be in the context of my gay identity that I was expressing to him. You know, uh, there's always something more about identity that confuses you. It throws you off the scent because you're so paralyzed by saying, oh, this is yet another idea. This person was this. This person was that. They went through this. They went through that. And so I started looking at me because social media, I was talking to a, I have a, I have a friend who's actually a big name um, in, uh, as a talking head. And I would never use his name because our conversations are private. But, but in, in his celebrity is, you know, obviously, like, I'm not going to name drop or put him out there because he tells me things in confidence. But one of the things we were talking about was. Black people on Twitter are always upset mm-hmm. about shit. It's like someone was tweeting, was like, man, sometimes I see people, black people with my same last name, and I think, I wonder if we're related. And I see white people with my same last name, and I think, did your ancestors own mine? And I'm like, bro, I see people with my last name and don't yep. give it a second thought because I have a busy <laughs> fucking life, fam. I'm living out here. Like, y'all spend 24 hours a day 
being upset about shit. And I don't believe. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they even really upset. Because my life really was about homelessness and struggle and all this. And it's not something that informs my every waking moment. Whereas these people who are complaining all the time, sometimes you look and it's like, yo, this person is has hired a personal chef. That person has five book deals. Like, why are they complaining all the time? And you start realizing that that is the fundamental ingredient for this sort of incontrovertible identity built on grievance. You can never challenge it because to challenge it would be to violate one of these codes that they picked up on. Some of the rage is real is just not really what they're pretending it's about. Uh, Have you ever heard the term, this is a term in psychology called narcissistic rage. I think they Mm -hmm. carry a narcissistic wound and they have this low simmering, free floating narcissistic rage that is always ready to come to the surface whenever there's narcissistic injury. So like, I agree with you. They're lying about being mad about what they claim to be mad about, but they actually do carry, I think, a lot of genuine um, rage. They do. And that's why they're yeah, suggesting you're right. And that's this is why you can't believe they behave the mm-hmm. way they do on Twitter. These are people who are professional. They've achieved. I, I, like, I'm not going to name any names because what's the point of it? But like, I, there's a journalist who's incredibly famous and accomplished. And every time anyone sends me one of her tweets, she's attacking someone. There is no slight that is small enough or minor enough for her not to insult a What's funny is I'm very sure a lot of people and, know what you're talking about. But No, and it's like, but why are you so fucking angry? What a deep inside you has made you so wounded and, and, and angry? petty? She's really I'll petty. tell you what. Yeah, if I had a platform and some money and security the way some of these people do, you wouldn't see a single fucking but, tweet but, from but, but But that's the funny thing. <laughs> I would be off enjoying myself. Like, the more successful they get, get the imposter syndrome doesn't end the the emptiness no. inside doesn't end it's like it's like if it anything they just get matter and 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 matter like like they get with well, the irony of uh people with that narcissistic wound and narcissistic rage um each time they get higher they realize that nothing's being filled inside and that paradoxically actually makes them angrier at everybody because they're like oh of course um how can I have this and I'm still not happy? But they can never blame themselves, so they still have to um, direct it out. They have to drag the world down to their level of misery. And this is where they coincide with yes. Trump. That's where they overlap. And Trump knows that he is obese and hideous and his hair looks like shit. And the, my, one of my closest friends, we're no longer friends, but one of my closest friends for over a decade was a guy I met in college whose family used to vacation with Trump. All right. His family really had money. His father was a top three plastic surgeon in the world. This is way back before Trump was on the scene for president. My man told me, he said, you know, we had to stop vacationing with Trump because everyone knew he was broke and it was embarrassing. Like Trump was rejected by those blue bloods, by the New York aristocracy. Like nobody respected him. So he carries this this anger toward white people and anger toward upper crust culture and anger toward women and anger and toward even as- everyone. He walks into rooms and he cannot ever be the person that he is projecting, which is why the projection is so strong. And these people are the same way. They were never cool. They didn't have friends, which is why their online friends are so important to them. They didn't have admirers. And you get the sense that they will never be satisfied, even with 500,000 followers, even with people complimenting their photos, with you're in a photo looking like a pile of shit, but people are like, you're so beautiful. And you're like, thank you. Like that sort of behavior 
is very Trumpian and very Part sadistic. Part of the problem with those type of narcissistic wounds, narcissistic wounds um, happen usually in your childhood. But the same, like, there are age-appropriate wounds and age-appropriate times to treat them. And and if you don't treat a narcissistic wound, a childhood wound, at the time it needed, like, you know, when you needed mirroring from your parents or affirmation from your peers, mm-hmm. if you go to, like, a therapist, what they'll tell you is, is you have to treat it like something that died you have to mourn it go through your five stages of grief you know deny that you're mad about it then have anger about it then bargain like why didn't my mom love me why why wasn't i cool in high school and you know you reach a point of acceptance but it's kind of like how michael jackson never grieved that he never got to have a childhood so that made him just hang out with kids the rest of his the rest of his life because he was trying to fix a childhood wound at a time where it wasn't age appropriate like you can't do it like you know if, if you're 40 you can't go to high school and be the yeah. be the cool kid on camp you know you can't go back to college be the big man on campus you look you look stupid wearing the letterman jacket at at 40 you know like you know like um uh, sure that's what like that narcissistic rage is is that you're trying to um fix something that is too late to be fixed when you should be um mourning it and then letting it letting it um go and like low-key like obama had a lot of that if you read his biography if you ever see like how thin-skinned he was when or you know when when people got on his nerves but again obama was able to always maintain the illusion that he wasn't um thin-skinned you know that he was um above above everything and these people like need their illusions one more example is kim kardashian right uh this guy was telling me how much he hates Kim Kardashian. And I'm like, you know what? I actually don't mind Kim Kardashian for one reason. At least she's honest that she's just famous for being famous and for mm-hmm. people wanting to have sex with her. Right. And because I, I was like, give me an example of someone who's uh, as popular as Kim Kardashian that, you know, right now that you admire. And at the time it was like 2005 or something. And my, my friend goes, uh, okay, Jessica Simpson. Right, because at the time she was she was kind of popular and stuff. I'm like, okay, what's your favorite mm-hmm. Jessica Simpson song? You know, and he couldn't think of it. And then he said like, oh wait, uh, she had one for Dukes of Hazard, but he couldn't give me the name. And then I was like, um, okay, <laughs> have you ever had one of her albums? You can't even name name her stuff. What do you know her for? All you know her for is you think she's hot. Um, she was on a reality show and she's one of the people that does 10 hustles like Kim Kardashian. Um, she has a fashion line, but if you ever look up the deals of the fashion line. She doesn't actually design any of the clothes. It's just a clothing company came to her and said, can we license your name? And she just signed her, her name off sure. on it. I mean, I'm like, she's Kim Kardashian, but what she has is she has the decoy career. She has the decoy talent. She says, I'm a singer. And by having that decoy talent, everyone can now lie to themselves and say, hey, we like her because she's a singer slash fashion designer. But then in reality, they're free to now just enjoy her on the Kim Kardashian level. Kim Kardashian doesn't even bother to say I have a decoy talent. So now she's almost indicting you. She's like, uh, I dare you to turn away. You sure. Know? But if you're going to indulge in me, you're going to have to admit what you're doing the same way as. This This is all so foreign to me, you know, because I, 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 this isn't an act. I've never been able to understand celebrity worship. Mm-hmm. It's just I just can't. I can't figure out why I'm supposed to care what John Legend is doing or whatever, Chrissy Teigen. Like, you know, what, I, I believe that they posted a photo of her after a miscarriage or, or the baby died or was stillborn or something. And I remember people talking about it, whether it was appropriate and people being on one side or the other. I'm not on either side. I, I can't imagine caring about it at all. I just, um, there, there's so many people in this world. There are people who are close to me who are going through, you know, genuine emotional turmoil or just living their lives and raising their children. And 
That's interesting to me, but I don't understand Jessica Simpson, Kim Kardashian, or any of these. You know, a book broke it down for me. I'm not going to take credit for it. Uh, There's a book called The Image by Daniel Borston. Oh, yeah, of course. Daniel Borston. Yep. Um, He's referenced in... uh, He's referencing the piece we wrote this summer about for the Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's the one that, that uh, made me, after I read that book, I looked at Kim Kardashian and I looked at, um, I looked at Obama and I looked at Jessica Simpson. I'm like, these three people are all doing the same thing. There's only just one that happens to be honest about it. Like we reached the, the same way Obama revealed, and so the same way Trump revealed, you don't have to even pretend to not be doing what you're doing. You can just openly be a racist. You can openly be a, a, sure. a circus uh, barker. You can openly be a reality show influencer. And, you know, people will still um, vote for you. But the flip side of that is you'll get a lot of haters who are mad that you're flipping the mirror back on them. Um, mm-hmm. I tried to Kim Kardashian figure that game out early. She's like, I don't even have to pretend to be doing anything um, more elevated than what I'm doing. You know, why even, why even pretend? This is just who I am. Here's one of the last things I want to bring up about the colorism thing that you brought up mm-hmm. earlier. One added dimension um, about what's very insulting about the colorism claim is uh, you, you were talking about how it shortchanges like um, black people and, and how they define blackness. Mm-hmm. But in a bizarre way, it shortchanges um, white people too because it kind of renders them as people being so clueless about black people that they can't tell an authentic black person um, from one performing to the point that their only marker, their only clue is to just use like a paper bag test. And, you know, and so, so uh, if, if, yeah. if, if there's like a dark skin, really dark skin, um, black guy who is, uh, dressed in a suit with like tight pants and talks like, um, you know, who, whoever, um, um, leave it to beaver. And there's like a light skin dude who just got out of, got out of jail and you know um has all the trappings of like being from the hood he's gonna be like well i guess um this dark-skinned guy is um the one to be scared of and this light-skinned guy like like it's 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 really it's really silly and it's not even of course realistic white people know black people in a lot of ways better than than we know ourselves like they study us they give us our pathologies and then they exploit it later on um and whatever like it's it's just a very fairy tale thing to even say well to to believe in a in a in a perception of blackness on behalf of white people that's that simple is is to abandon all nuance and usually the people making these arguments show that they have um you know pretty sharp critical faculties and then to suddenly abandon nuance there and be like you know there's colorism in the academy, and therefore no one could tell that this wasn't. Yeah, no. You, you, white people spot this shit all the time, and you're right. They're the ones who give us our pathologies and our concepts of blackness in some ways. And I've been seeing this since I went away to school. One thing I realized was the angriest black people that I knew tended to be suburban black kids who had grown up around white people their whole lives because they'd grown up around them mm-hmm. and they're close. They're in close proximity to them. My family doesn't know how full of shit white people are. Yeah. I know that because I went to prep school. That's why I always say I'm an integrationist. It's not because I want, I'm white aspiring. It's because being in proximity to the top 1% of white people in this country allowed my self-esteem to be maintained. No matter what black people say, so many of them loathe themselves. They yeah. really do. They bought into it. I don't. I don't, I'm cooler than most white people. They're lucky to have me around. I've always known that. I know that because I went to prep school and saw a bunch of buffoons and idiots who were going to succeed in spite of themselves. Once I saw that, 
there was no turning back for me. There was not going to be any self-loathing. You know what I'm saying? So now those people, most of the black people I knew who were, you know, their parents were judges mm-hmm. or in finance and et cetera, et cetera. They really see up close the absurdity of the fact that they can't advance past a certain level. Whereas my people in my family don't ever even get to see how cheated they've been in this life. So they don't feel that same rage. Now, the other thing is they've been going to school with these white people forever. And someone like me or one of my family members walks into the room, damn right white people know the difference between us. They like that fucking kind of authenticity. They want to talk hip hop with me. They want me at their party. You know what I mean? Like that this means something. Whereas the other kind of black person to them is just it's kind of just like a white black person. There's no edge there. So they know very well. <laughs> and, and this is why those black people begin to perform, because they start to realize that to be on the stage, you've got to play the part that flatters the sensibility and desire of the white audience. And it kills them inside. But they do it because they want that damn stage. All right. So that was a preview. If you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and a hundred more episodes, then by all means, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.